Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us here on the Peacocks podcast. We are your hosts, Andrew Gachigi and Shola Ogonyemi. Two powerful you names. That, you say it better than I do. Jesus hey, Christ. Strong names, man. You got, you got to enjoy them when you say them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Today, we'll be covering an array of subjects, huh? We'll just be letting it riff, letting it go, see how it's going. Yeah, go through several things. We have a book, a play, even we're going to talk about. And a couple films. Red Velvet with my guy, Adrian Lester. But first things first, Mr. Ogonyemi, how you doing? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. I'm chilling. I'm in my room. Uh, I got my incense on. Got my hippie hoodie on. I'm chilling. I've got my decaf tea. It's all nice. good. Yeah. Yeah, I got my coffee. Oh, also, viewers, before I forget, if you ever want to drop us an email, you can reach us at our Peacock Podcast email address which is peacock podcast one at gmail.com you also find it in the show notes and there's no capitals there at all perfect perfect guys yeah that's if you want to drop us any kind of subjects that you feel is necessary for the podcast just let us know and then we can just vibe with that we can riff with that and see how it goes mm-hmm. andrew i didn't ask you how are you doing I'm good. I'm good. Just chilling out, you know, in the house as as it is. As it's been got my coffee here with my turmeric and cayenne pepper in because I'm crazy. That's People it. People think I'm mad for that. <laughs> <laughs> Have it every time. It's yeah. a shame. It's a shame we're so distant, brother. You know, if I was there, I'd I'd uh, come give you a hug. But obviously, we can't right now. So it's only virtual hugs. Weeks, man, mm-hmm. I haven't hugged anyone in weeks, and it's it's you know it's getting to me a little bit. Mm, I love nah. hugging people. I just love hugs, but nah. It's rough, man. Jeez, how it's you been dealing with it with the whole lockdown situation? It's been, it's been all right. You know, you have your good days and bad days. I think uh, having some sort of stability has been helpful. I've been doing certain things like you introduced me to a new online course. Uh, if anyone wants to try it, not advertised by the way, is uh, "Learning How to Learn" by um, Barbara Walter. Barbara. Really, I- Barbara Oakley. I'm yeah. got confused with another for another woman. Sorry, my about my bad. <laughs> Obviously, I haven't been learning the material properly. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I've been doing that, and even even a couple of uh, in, informational like info related videos that you've been sending me, they've also been relating to what I've been learning. So okay. I've been trying to learn a bit much, but that's on the good days. On the bad days, you know, it's just just as what it is. Some days you spend a bit too long in bed. Some days you just don't want to do anything. Mm. But that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I know what you mean. Gee. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I've been um, yeah, I've just been kind of keep trying to keep myself busy any way I can. So uh, like reading, I read yeah, I read Red Velvet. I'm reading, about to read Waiting for Godot as well. Oh wow, by some. I know, right? So I'm looking forward to reading that because I've never read it before. But yeah, it's like it's a great book for actors. Well, I've been told every actor should read this book, Waiting for Godot. So I'm make well make it read the play even. So I'm making sure I'm. Gonna read that. Just um, gonna add that to my Amazon wish list. Yeah, really do it, quick. man. Do it. Samuel Beck. Samuel Beck is actually a very interesting person to step into. Very creative guy. So yeah, yeah. just looking into his stuff. And also looking, yeah, watch on YouTube. Uh, he has a show called Not I. That's out it, there for theater. It's really out there. I'd say check it out. I haven't just, seen it in years. Wait, so it's a live show or it's a series? Uh, no, it's just like a, a one-off show. Or just one show. Oh. I'm not sure how long it was actually. Oh, I just remembered. I need to. I need, I wanted to send you something actually. They have a, like the, 
they're all Shakespeare companies doing free versions of uh, all the a certain amount of plays on YouTube, so you can watch Romeo oh. and Juliet for free. And National Theatre is doing something similar as well. Dude. I think that's it's one of the benefits, right? It's one of the benefits. I know. I'm not gonna lie. Like you know, the theatre aspect of it all is, is is amazing. What like what they're doing now to kind of yeah, just to keep people interested in the theatre and also just to showcase some amazing shows for free, which is brilliant. Like oh man, every Thursday I think the uh, National Theatre is doing it. That's it's awesome. brilliant. You get to learn and get to you know watch some cool stuff. Yeah. Have you watched any yourself recently? Plays, not any um, just yet, but I want to see if I can watch, what's it called? Two, two, um, James Corden's one. He did uh, Two Governors, one, one House, Two Governors, something like that. One, two Governors. I need to, I need to, I'm, I'm going to have to Google I'm it. I'm no help for you. I'm no help for you. Don't worry. We won't quote you on that. Don't worry. <laughs> James Corden fans are coming after you. Don't you worry. Really? Like, I, just can't, I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. Mad, but yeah, no, it's meant to be a really good show. I'll I'll figure out the name, and I'll let you guys know. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, so yeah. I'm watching that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you also suggested to me. I was like, <laughs> it was so crazy. I was about to go out skating a couple of days ago. Then you text me saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, um, uh, there's a webinar going on." Sorry, I, for- I forgot. Uh, what was it called again? Uh, uh Mind Games. Mind games, yeah. Mind games going on. It's a webinar. You should check it out. And it's going to be on in like an hour. And I was like, dude, I'm like going out skating right now. And you're like, oh, oh, just try and catch it if you can. So I just did like a quick session. I'm just starting to learn. So basically, you know, fell over a couple of times, came back on, put it on. They're like, oh, it's going to be a three hour webinar. And she started. I was like, oh, damn. So I just thought, you know, I'll stick to it. I'll stick with it. But then as I started getting through it, I was like, you know, I started uh, kind of soaking it up a bit more, but I thought, you know, I'll grab my book, start writing it all down. But it was quite, uh, you know, it was it was interesting because she started talking about certain. I mean, you've pro- you've seen her a lot. You've seen a lot. Um, uh, uh Valerie. Mhm. Yeah. What's her last name again? Uh, Valerie Hubbard. She See, runs that... Actors Fast Track in America, and, and yes. you know, also bring it here to London as well, to England. She's UK based right now, I think. That's what she was saying in the, in the thing. She really? said, she said, well, she said when she was doing the webinar, oh, I'm UK based right now. Oh, snap. No way. Because I know she was here um, for Surviving Actors. Surviving Actors, yeah. Back a few, mo- a few months back. Uh, that, was, that was February? Yeah, February. Yeah. I would have thought she would have gone back by then. Well, that was one of the quick. That's what she said in the <laughs> webinar, anyways. Okay, I mean, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what uh, she's been doing here. Nuts. I mean, maybe she can't leave. Her. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she can't leave. But her, but her, her stuff was really, really good. I mean, I won't bring it out now. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. Is um, she started talking about uh how some folks are even still getting jobs currently. Uh, uh, so people would get commercials, and the company would send them some iPhones and and some of the equipment, and then they would get uh paid for that. But they would teach them how to like use equipment and everything around that. But one of the issues that Valerie brought up is, uh, did you get paid for what you did? Because technically you should get paid more for having to set up and use that equipment. But she's saying right now, we this is all new. No, There's no rules for this right now. So everyone's trying to figure out what's the best kind of um, situation and best kind of a, a way to deal with it. So she's saying you have to bargain a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, 
this isn't happening to me, you know, uh, this isn't happening to me, but uh, for certain people, I think that's something also just to be aware of that, you know, you can negotiate. Well, that's interesting because I wouldn't have thought that about that at all. Yeah, because yeah. you're thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm an actor usually, so I wouldn't think I need to, because <laughs> I'm setting up the camera and everything. I wouldn't think about getting paid for those other jobs at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, sometimes you just have. Just don't want to push it. Don't want to push oh, it. Oh, Shola, I think we lost you a little bit there. What did you say? Sometimes you have to. Some, sometimes you just have to. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> sometimes you just feel like you're just happy to get the job, and sometimes you yeah. just don't want to push it. Yeah. yeah, 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 that too, that too. Because, you know, if, if you wouldn't do it, there's a hundred other actors that would do it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but no, it was quite good, so I appreciate you uh, you uh, sending uh, sending me over there. Anytime, yeah. I know, like, it was interesting. It was a shame that I, I, I even though I put you, I told you to work, <laughs> I missed it myself. <laughs> yeah, my came yeah, by. Um, he swung by to, to put some stuff in the in our little cellar. Which is interesting, like, it was, it was so funny, it was so good to see him again, but then we had to keep this, like, social distancing, so we did a little elbow touch, and then <laughs> we had to, like, stay two metres away while we're loading stuff in and, in and out of the cellar and everything. So mm-hmm. I couldn't even, like, give him a handshake or anything, it was so, yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was a bit weird, a bit of a weird experience. That, that, that's how it felt when I came over to do the last episode, though, because this was just, um... I'd say maybe five days before the lockdown, and mm-hmm. you came up and I was like, I was thinking in my head, should I give him a hug? But then you just went for it. I was like, do you know what? It's cool. It's cool. But then before like introducing myself to your brother, I had to go and wash my hands. I was like, no, I don't want to <laughs> do it like that. Because I've been traveling for an hour and a half to come see you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But now, we're on, but now we're on Skype, do you know? Thank God for Skype. Yeah, right. The podcast lives. Privacy of our own home. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's I've good. I do, miss the, I do miss your basement, though. I'm not going to lie. Pardon? I'm do miss your basement, though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the proper like shelter area. It's good. It's good. Bombproof as well. Style. Mm. Bombproof. Yeah. Yeah, like it's been weird being stuck in the house for so long, though. I'm not gonna lie. I don't want. Yeah, we don't want to stress about it too much. You know, the whole coronavirus take everyone's mind off of it. But yeah, it's been weird being in the house so much. Yeah. Been yeah. strange. I've been working out at home quite a bit. It's. It, it, it must be. Well. It must be it must be difficult trying to work out and keep fit when, you know, it's such a change of environment and typically an environment where you chill out. It must be quite difficult for you to to adapt to that. Well, to be fair, I mostly work out at home anyway. Okay. I, I, I don't um I don't go to to a gym or anything. But you go yeah. you must you must sometimes go to the park and stuff to do like yeah uh, there. yeah I used to stuff, go to the yeah. park or you know I used to go to the little kids play area. <laughs> when it was quiet and used the bar as a chin-up bar. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes yeah, you gotta. sometimes you have to. So that's that's about like, yeah, that's, that's the only equipment I ever use is maybe a chin-up bar. But I've been freestyling with different things in my house to try, to try you know, make workouts a bit harder. Because I've been working out, yeah, a lot more than usual. Because i got yeah. the time to eat nice um, as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you... But you've been trying to do a lot of like self care though, haven't you? I mean, you've been like away, away from. I mean, I know you don't typically spend all day on your phone or anything like that, but you've been kind of like detoxing from, uh, you know, technology and stuff. So yeah. do you mind covering a bit of that? Try yeah, I've been trying to do like a just a low information diet in general. So my phone, my, my phone's been on do not disturb for I think a week and a half, maybe more. Mm. So like hasn't rang or hasn't anything. I just got do not disturb. I usually keep it 
on the table in another room. I don't keep it in my pocket anymore. Just because it's a constant distraction, it's a constant, you know, yeah, it steals your focus, everyone. It vibrates or anything, and then the next thing you know, you're on it for like half an hour. So I wanted to cut that, and as well, because, you know, it's a lot of stimulation for the brain. Um, I find just constant, like so much information is coming at you, that, and then TV, and then that. And then sometimes I used to be on my phone, t- like on the computer, TV on as well. So it's a lot. So I thought, let me cut all the noise and just try, yeah, try just, just not have any, um, not have any screens on at all for for like mo- the majority of the day. Because mm. that's meant to be good for your focus. When you take away all the stimulus or all the stimulation for your brain, then your brain now can somehow sharpen its focus. I'm not sure the mechanics of it, but it's meant to work. And you, do you know what? It's actually starting to work now. Yeah. Yeah, I can find myself like when I read Red Velvet, um, I just yeah sat there for like a few hours, just like phone was completely away, just read it all, pop, 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 pop. No you distract- bang it out in one hour. You bang it out in like one session. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I had like I think just a, a small break. I went to the shop just to pick up something quick, then came back and carried on reading it. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I took I took like three or four sessions for me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wanted to like really because like I did like two chapters. Like, okay, I'm just gonna sit down and and uh, indulge that in. But no, I mean when you're feeling it, you're feeling it, right? Mm. And you feel yeah, like no, you I did it. take um like five minute breaks here and there. Just let me catch my breath. Let me just you know regain my focus. Yeah. And I made sure I didn't check my phone during that as well or check any other screen because yeah, actually does a good point. This this guy was saying on 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 the YouTube video. I have to find the name of that video again. Um, but he said he's saying that, like, say if I came off studying or reading or something, and then thought, let me relax by going on my phone, and just go on my phone, maybe scroll through social media or play a little game. It's still a lot of stimulus for your brain. You know, it's not you're not giving your brain a break. So it's yeah. like if you're going for a run and you run half an hour, and you're like, cool, let me take a break by doing 40 burpees, <laughs> you know, and then carry on running again. It's it's not helpful, not really. Because you know you don't get a chance to really breathe and catch a breath and and yeah really regain focus again. So so that's why I'm trying to make sure to have just these real breaks in there. So see when you say like um, when you're going for a run and like you stop and did some burpees, I think uh, so. So uh, what what you mean is like using burpees as a break from running and then going back to running again. So in, so instead you're saying you should keep running or just stop and like be in that moment. Yeah, stop, catch your breath, maybe maybe stretch and that. Or else you won't have the energy mm-hmm. or, or the power yeah. to keep going, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You'll burn yourself out, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. absolutely. And that's what I say, mental burnout. I, I, one of the, yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I've been learning on learning how to learn is uh, typically when I used to do some certain tasks, I would say, right, okay, so I'll, you know, I'll read Red Velvet all I'll read, I'll read it all in one session or something like that, or I'll read two chapters or something like that. Yeah. But they say it's better to actually have like a time frame. Uh, Pomodoro technique. Exactly, brother. Uh-huh. Pomodoro technique. You know, have a time frame that you work with and like ha- and try and get away from all distractions and, and that. Like, you know, if you set yourself an hour, give yourself an hour just to sit away from those distractions. And always at the, like, if it's like an issue that, say it's something like you're quite anxious about, you know, sometimes I get quite anxious about you know about uh doing a big project that i'm 
that I wanted to do or something like, you know, even acting, do you know, something like, mm-hmm. uh, I got anxious when you sent me the seminar, do you know, but I thought, do you know, I'm just going to sit down. I'm just going to sit there for 10 minutes and see how it goes. And I did sit there for 10 minutes. I ended up staying there for three hours. You know? <laughs> so, and I ended up feeling a lot more or less anxious as time went on. So I think for me, I just feel better even just sitting there for saying to myself, do you know, I'll just give myself an hour for, you know, studying this thing. And then the rest of the day seems like it goes a lot easier because your mind is less anxious and or because it's on that thing. Or, you know, I'll do it in an hour, I'll do it in two hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. I say procrastinate, I'll do it in an hour. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it a yeah. bit later. Yeah. So yeah. Where, where did that um, anxiety come from then? For like, when the, I anxiety. Said, yeah. uh, the anxiety. Yeah. The anxiety. I mean, I've. Uh, long long story short, it was kind of it's kind of been there ever since I was when I moved from uh, I was in my second year of uni and I was staying in air. Can you hear that horn? <laughs> I was in second year of I was in second year of uni and then I moved from air campus uh, to Glasgow, but I would commute to air to do it and I was living with uh, one of uh, what's a girlfriend. Air, air air yr is a place in Scotland. Okay. Yeah, it's just a it's just a little less he said to him. Uh it's where I went to uni. And but when I used to live with my ex, it was like it wasn't a very good relationship. And I think at the same time I was uh away from uni and I didn't really have much purpose. It's kind of like, you know, you just kind of graduated in a sense and you're like, okay, I want to try and make it as an actor. And no there's no rule book for it, you know, there's no there's no instructions. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of went blind and at the same time like I had this other person who was also trying to find her way and we just didn't communicate very well so a lot of anxiety came from that uh and i feel like uh just through meditation and certain certain things i've found my way to be a little bit more centered and i think everyone has their own different way of dealing with it some people do yoga some people just like you know try gardening whatever kind of way just mm-hmm. to separate from your head because it can really like you know it can really crush you sometimes it's, it's, it's unnerving and not a lot of people like I think it's important that we talk about it as well you know that we have a community like you know like me and you just right now just talking about that's because it is mm-hmm. important to to not let it own you and not like you know feel like that you're in the wrong for feeling these things yeah it's true and it's good to speak about it as well because mm. I get anxious over certain things and I just I just keep quiet about it like, I don't know it's it's, it's it's something I've always struggled with is is like just th- that being open, being vulnerable kind of style. I've, I've always really struggled with that. Yeah. Well, so being I mean, open. Sorry, that, what you that, No, it's just really interesting because I wouldn't ever peg you as that kind of person because, you know, typically if a lot of guys, like, do you know, they even like certain things like showing affections to another male, it's like really almost seem as like, you know, quite feminine homosexual mm-hmm. but you're like very honest with that you know like oh no i love showing love everyone love I'm that you know person yeah but obviously everyone has their own different kind of ways of showing anxiety or insecurities but you know so you never would have tagged me as that kind of person yes yeah, so uh, like when, when i'm going through a struggle like for the most part i wouldn't really talk about it i just it's just one thing i don't, I don't know like i don't know exactly know what it is that in my head that i'm like you know just put on the mask of everything's fine but um, yeah, I'm not sure what it is exactly, but it's just it's just always in me. So I always struggle to say, oh, no, nah, I'm you know today's I'm not feeling the best or or 
fact, yeah, I don't really say that at all. Come to think of it, yeah. It's one thing you, I think. Yeah, I need to need to to learn. Do you feel like sometimes that maybe you put a bit too much pressure on yourself? Oh yeah, all the time, man. All the time. That's one thing with this. Also with this lockdown, I'm, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. Like, all right, Andrew, you're 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 in the house all day. You need to you need to really just level up. You know, you need to come out of here just so much better than when you went in. You have everything sorted out. <laughs> so I, I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself in that kind of terms. So, so yeah, that, that 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 could be that's a bit annoying. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I, that was totally why. Uh, even in that time when I was staying in Glasgow, it was the same. You know, I put a lot of pressure on myself, and <clears throat> and you know, just trying to like find ways like you're okay yeah you're feeling this way but that's okay just push through push through but it feels like for me sometimes when I was doing that I would just push myself even further away from the gold you know just be like okay we're not actually taking note of the things that's going on past us we're just trying to keep going but sometimes it's good to like stop and go okay so how does this actually make me feel mm-hmm. you know because I feel like a lot of the time we are like told that you know we have to work hard we have to keep pushing but sometimes it's good to just analyze how we're feeling because if we don't know why we're feeling a certain way then we won't get to the root to it do you know yeah. and that's why so many people are sometimes you know i read a, a really interesting tweet you know it was mean it was meant as a joke but it said um i'm afraid of get of getting help for who for what's going inside my head because i feel like i'll lose my sense of humor so many people feel like they're mm-hmm. they've, they've found certain ways to cope with these mechanisms that they lose their sense of like you know ability or who they really are. But in a sense, that's just not true at any point because you've become that person because of these things that because of these issues and these uh, like ways that you've dealt with your issues. Yeah, you become that person. So you, that's never going to lose you. It's just if anything, it's going to make you better when once you like. Uh, you know, kind of open up or feel it's okay to do that. So I feel that everyone should have a free space to, 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 to talk about that. You know, even if it's journaling, even if it's journaling. You know, I've been considering journaling. Actually, yeah. Do you have any, um, any techniques for maybe people like me that are listening that struggle to to really open up? Oh. I mean that's kind of that's kind of hard for me. I mean I'm, I've always been <laughs> that brutally... was quite a heavy question. Yeah. No, no, I'm just always been brutally honest. That's just kind of how it is. Like I remember uh, just all just all the time. Even when I've been a kid, my mum always told me not to lie. So I've just never really lied. I just can't really ever lie. I'm even yeah. But uh, good man. But but in terms, you know, I've just been doing a lot of uh, different self help techniques. You know, Tony Robbins, a good one to look up to. He's the one who I started off doing all of this with. You know, and I feel like he's like a good example. Not even like, I mean, of course, like what he says and who and whatever. But who he is as a person, do you know, he's he's vulnerable. He likes to he likes to become vulnerable. Like he's cried many times on stage, just being open about who he is. Do you know? And mm, no yeah, one's I like I point... his documentary. Um, I'm not your guru. Netflix documentary. one. Netflix one. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. That's what got me into him as well. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I got I got into him about about oh wow like 2014, 2013. A long Sorry. time ago. That's when I came across his TED talk, and then from there I was like, this guy really knows his stuff. Yeah, I've been like does. dipping in and out of him. It's his thing for the last like for like seven eight seven six six seven years yeah well i mean i don't i don't know i mean i can't really ever put like a 
a full like this is what it is that's going to make you do it but i mean i've always had a kind of belief helps do you know i mean i'm quite a spiritual person and i believe that you know we're all we're all like little parts of like a bigger picture um not in terms of god but the universe and for me that's always helped but uh like kind of like have a higher purpose and always know like if you're not doing too well then it's okay because this body this time right now uh doesn't really matter it's just one of the many lifespans and it's what you learn of the overall picture from it you know and i just always try i try and always be nice to people try and always be good and like just again be be honest with yourself because there's no point lying to i mean you can yeah you can lie to others and stuff like that but surely you're just lying to yourself mm-hmm. and uh so maybe maybe just try and start finding your thing try and start finding uh your way physically through the body i always believe that physicalness uh, physicality is a way to get it through there's many different ways of of, of um of researching through that for me meditation was kind of a big step in that uh yoga is a good one for everyone if they want to try that if you want to if, if that's if meditation is not your thing some people who even try like again i said gardening or you know just just certain things that make you you can be more in nature go for walks but without any music without anything to you and you know the trees around you and whatnot just just certain physical things that get your body moving because once the body starts moving the mind starts working uh i won't go it's a lot to talk about in 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 that (laughs) sense but uh that's how that's that's what i believe i think physicality is always important uh and even and even if like sometimes like that might be too much for you even jump in your shower and turn it to the coldest the coldest water then you're definitely going to start feeling something Mm -hmm. we talked yeah i like doing that yeah. And do you know what that reminds me? That's what kind of why I miss Canterbury at the moment as well. Because when I'm in Canterbury, if I ever get stressed, I'll just take take a nature walk. Like mm. I walk, uh, gosh, one of the times I walked like, I think for, like 14k, walked like Jeez. all the way through a field, like oh, it was like woods and everything. It was beautiful. No headphones on, no nothing, just with with nature. You can hear the trees, the birds, everything it was beautiful. Mm. And then turn around and walk back through nature yeah. again it was uh, it's gorgeous yeah absolutely i missed out yeah so like that's one thing about i miss about canterbury because london there isn't that much greenery here <laughs> it's yeah. all building, building buildings well not yeah. within walking distance because right now traveling is a big no-no mm-hmm. but i think even like even like you brought up london i think even when i first came here it was so different you know my friend oh like, almost like overpowered we lost you there oh. sorry Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my friend. So your friend, Sorry. when he came to uh, London, he became almost like overpowered by the sheer side of the buildings. Do you know, it was like something crazy like that. And I think with everyone, there's so many people. There's so much energies about it that you know you can almost get lost in that. So and and uh, when I say just find your center and find how you feel, it can be really difficult for people. So. It's, that's why it's better to look inward and uh that's why i say certain things like these journaling these cold showers these like body these meditation scan. these exactly a body scan anything can anything just to get in touch with that that side of you do you know uh because it's it's important to just check in and see how you're doing mm-hmm. it's important to check in and see yeah how that's you're one doing. thing I, I i need to do more of checking how i'm doing make sure i'm all right 
kind of thing. You also need to give yourself praise, though. You've been doing great. Every time I talk to you, I said, what have you been doing? Oh, I've just been meditating, bro. Meditating for a couple of hours. Dude, I haven't been... I only meditate for 20 minutes a day. So... <laughs> I've also taken up, there's a, a breathing technique by a guy called Wim Hof. Yes, Wim Hof. Wim Hof. Yeah. The Iceman. The Iceman, exactly. The man that's broken so many... Actually, I think we spoke about him a little bit on... Um, we will never stop talking about him. You can't stop us from talking about Wim Hof. He's broken world records and everything. So I listen to his breathing like exercises sometimes. Put it in and then just... You just like... I think you do like 30 to 35 deep breaths... And then you hold your breath for a minute or a minute and a half. And then do another deep breath. And I think, let it, hold it for 15 seconds or, or let it out for 15 Yeah, hold it for 15 seconds and then let it out. And then I think you start again. But yeah, I remember because when, when I heard it was a minute and a half holding your breath, I was like, there's no way I can do that. You mad. But it's, it's surprisingly easy for me. Is it the, did you say it was like short, sharp breaths at the beginning? Because oh, like that's how I saw breath. it. Um, Oh no no yeah that's how he did it in the uh, in the uh, uh, when he was going from it was in the Antarctic and he went from one like hole to the another and came out the other end yeah that's, you that's saw that one that actually yeah. makes me feel sick it did I don't know how he did it it's scary it's why you know? being underneath ice like oh my goodness <laughs> do you know what I mean no yeah yeah, yeah no I he's he's really. He's great. He's great. But I think that's, I think as, as you said, that's something really key to take away from that is breathing because a lot of people, you know, I, <laughs> I've had arguments with my flatmates about this, but uh, breathing deep is always really important to find your center. A lot of people, when they breathe deep, they'll go, you know, they'll go chest heavy, but yeah. you really want to breathe deep into your diaphragm. A lot of actors know how to do that, obviously. Uh, they've been taught, and if you don't, then it's okay, but it's always just trying to find as deep as possible and that way it kind of like uh, it kind of finds your center. I used to watch this guy on YouTube um, he always had a really good way of, of describing it uh, for guys he used to say you got to breathe deep into your balls that's what I said, that's, that's the kind of stuff and that makes you yeah. but he was he was really important you know what? yeah that makes sense like, mm -hmm. yeah he used, to, he used to talk about it and he used to do some things like uh, bioenergetics and stuff like that. I believe that's the name. I hope I'm not confusing it with something else. But it was a time of like, it goes back to that physicality thing that I was talking about where they use this technique a lot for people who have like gone through really harsh uh, kind of uh, circumstances. People who have been, you know, raped or, or worse or whatnot. People who would uh, have... You know, start, certain people would just start off even with, like, they have a pillow and they have a tennis racket. And they just hit the tennis racket with the pillow. And then they start, like, saying, like, just, you know, just feel it. Just feel well, it. hit the pillow with the tennis angry. racket. Other way around. You have the it? tennis racket with the pillow. Wait, hit the tennis <laughs> racket with the pillow? Yeah, yeah. No, what? You hit the, you hit the tennis racket. You hit, hit the, the pillow with the tennis racket, yeah, that one. That's the one. Sorry. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's an example. Whatever one you want to do, whatever you're feeling, right? But uh, but it's a sense of like you have this pain inside your body, and it's a way of like it's it's not saying it's going to cure you, but it's a way of like dealing with that. Do you know? Also it's uh, a yeah, yeah. You see that a lot in movies where people go into or like the people go into like the forest and they scream. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Like you need to go into the forest and scream as loud as you can, and they're just like then they do that and then they come back and they're like yeah I feel. I feel better. I feel more like me. 
And I think that does have some sense and truth to it, you know, because you're bringing that out there because if you're keeping it in tight, then it's not good. We even did that on a spiritual retreat. I did. They said there's a there's a little hut inside there. People go there at night, and uh, they if you have any demons or anything that you want to get out, you can go there and you can go and scream, let it out. Wait, wouldn't everyone else hear you at night? They said they don't care. They don't, don't care. I mean, well, okay, that, so... that's if they're in the hut, then that's what they're that's what they're doing. Wouldn't that wake people up? That's their process, though. That's okay. their process. Do you know what they said? Like they respect whatever everyone wants to do. We also like that was a great retreat. That was a great retreat, but that sounds cool. Yeah, it was good. That that was great because that was again that was a detox from all like technology and stuff like that. Like yeah. we did a lot of tree hugging and stuff. And like I know it sounds weird, and people even might find me like, oh, okay, it's a bit of a happy deafy shit right now. But <laughs> but it felt real. Do you know you feel these? I, even if you can't, you can't deny the fact that. If you believe in energy, everything has energy. Me, you and me have energy. If you're in a room and you don't vibe with someone, that's like that's their energy you're colliding with. Um, negative people, you can feel that energy. Good people, you can feel that energy. And with these massive trees, have been alive for like you know hundreds of years. You can feel that energy. If something's been alive for that long, it's got energy in it. And I won't go too far yeah, down I've this happy road. Before, but you know. I'm open. I'll, I'll give that a try. Open arms. <laughs> You'll hug, um, hug the tree for. Hug the tree? Um, I don't know. No idea. Just kind of. I met this. I met. I had a really interesting time on that on that retreat. But there was this one guy who I really had a connection with. Reminded me of my father actually. And we went out for this walk, and he goes like, "Have you ever tried tree hugging?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, maybe not like seriously." And he was like, "You should try it." So he said he found this big tree and says, oh, feel this, feel that. Just do you feel that energy around that, do you know? And at the beginning, I was like, oh, well. And then like after a couple of seconds, I was like, hold on. Like, I'm actually, like, embracing this right now. And I'm actually, like, feeling it, do you know? You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's just placebo because some guy just told you to do it. And you're just, you know, you're you're in a, a place where this energy thing is getting taught. So maybe that's how it is. But after that, after the week away, I went. I went some walks uh, down where my parents stay, took the dogs with me, started hugging some trees there, and I was like, wow. Like, this is, like, there's some truth to this, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. But I believe, that, I believe in energy. That, that That's what I believe. I believe in energy. So. Yeah. <clears throat> interesting. I'd have to try that. I'd have to try that. Maybe not today, because it's been raining, but, you know, another day, I'll head to the yeah. park and give it a try. <laughs> People might look at you weird, but you know, you just do. You ah, do. who cares? <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot weirder stuff in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I think they're going to make like, any news articles about you. Grounded. He's with nature. Man in the, it's a man in the park hugging a tree. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. Uh, so, do you want to uh, move on to the films or the play? Um. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think that's all I can fathom from that right now. Why don't we talk about uh, our so little question with the, also with the um, tree hugging? <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Did you experiment? With everyone's going to fucking well? everyone's going to fucking bully me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting because I just think to myself, well, I'd, I'd never heard of it. Actually, like to 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 hug a tree before. So what kind of sensations did you feel when you do it? So to answer your first question, you talked about clay tre- uh, tree climbing, right? Mm-hmm. So when, to give you an example, 
Uh, for those of you who don't know, I went to a mainstream school for two years and I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't know I didn't enjoy it for the time. I came like quite a shitty person, kind of in the wrong crowds and whatnot. Typical story. And then I moved, my, par- my, my parents moved me to a more different kind of school, uh, Steiner School. And within that school, they teach about um, le- a, a, a more... Uh, a more different way of learning do you know more of like less of like you know here's a test study this material and more like what do you think about it in that kind of sense and we did also a lot of a it was quite a spiritual kind of place i don't know if that's all standard schools but that's what ours incorporated and all the kids would climb trees do you know all the kids would run around barefoot and have like you know heels like you know uh soles like this thick and shit like that just <laughs> just from just from running around doing a hobbit feet kind of kids. So, yeah, I didn't do much clay, tree climbing because I didn't start from the kindergarten age. And, you know, I was like, oh, no, I don't have much confidence. But a lot of my friends would be like, okay, watch me climb this tree in like three seconds, <laughs> you know, all the way up. But, yeah, uh, s- sensations, do you know? I mean, maybe because I was quite susceptible to, to, to it, it was different. We had certain tasks throughout that week. We had certain people would be like, uh, instead of work, we call it love and action. So it would be like, a, so it's a community. You'd have to help around the community. Some people would do working in the kitchen. Some people would uh, uh, help in doing cleaning around. And some people would do garden. Mm. I wanted to do do garden because, yeah. you know, I wanted to, to feel with the... Uh, nature, yeah. Exactly. And you got gloves. And the guy who was working off, the guy who reminded me of my father, he was saying, I don't use gloves because I like to feel the dirt and feel how that energy feels so we were we were making compost you know the eggshells and everything like that throwing all that in and then we had to like plant the plant some seeds and stuff like that and do you know it did feel quite powerful do you know like it just as uh there was no pressure there was no anything there were everyone was really grateful just for us to help they were just like so thankful and there's not a lot of pressure and i think that's something i'd like to take away into different work environments is that kind of essence of you know I am the boss and you work for me. And that's how it should be. No, it was like, we were just thankful that everyone was there. We'd even start off with like, kind of like uh, tuning in, we'd call it. We'd all sat, sit, uh, stand in a circle and hold hands. It's getting really happy for people. We'd all stand in a circle and hold hands and kind of just, um, and just, uh, just bless it. This is going to be a good day of working and then where the crops will grow well and, you know, the rain will come and everything like that. But yeah, it was really, it's really interesting and stuff like that. But so maybe because I've been doing stuff like that, I felt more susceptible and more uh, in tune with nature that when I did the tree hug and I was like, okay, this feels really magical. This feels like a good moment. Mm-hmm. I didn't get very emotional. I wasn't like, I don't think it was quite like a hundred percent there. Like it wasn't like, you know, ready to like reap my soul, spirit and heart out to this tree, mm-hmm. but it felt like a connection. Definitely. That's interesting. That's very interesting because I've never heard. Um, yeah, I've never heard about tree hugging at all. So that's very interesting. But let's be honest. So the London trees are probably negative, just like the people. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I don't, oh. I don't mean that. We've just I lost mean. all our London viewers. We've lost. No. We've lost all London viewers. Viewers dropped to zero. They're at one. They're at zero now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, our one viewer is gone. Uh, shout out to our one viewer. We love you very much. I know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I only asked about climbing trees because um, I used to love climbing trees. I mean, to, th- to this day, I still love climbing trees. It's just, you know, in London, it's, it's, it's tricky. 
find a good tree to climb. And also, it's seen as weird. Like, you see a grown man climbing a tree. It just makes me feel more... Loosens me up and, and it makes me feel getting like kind of childlike again. And just remember what skills I had and what had like my strength and everything, just climbing in general. This is a really interesting topic because I mean, even take it back to when you were a kid, right? Yeah. When you're a kid, you ha- you don't have those much worries. You don't have that much like kind of uh, like, you know, fucking bills, uh, you know, working, not getting the job, getting the job, getting the audition, all this kind of shit. It's not in your head. You're just like, I just want to fucking climb a tree. Yeah. Oh, I got my friends, and you're just laughing at, you're loving it. You fall out with your friends, and it's all good, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 all that kind of energy. So I think sometimes you do have to revisit that because yeah. a lot of people are stuck in this kind of like stubborn. We can't have fun. We can't play with work, 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 work. We got yeah. make money. What is this all about, <laughs> dude? We're fucking actors. We fucking play pretend. Which I mean, that's what we're trying to do. Come on, like. It's interesting because I think. Um... With all that, you know, we only work in all this, you know, people su- suppress and hold it in. And then to kind of let loose, just get drunk and let, let it out, let the cap off slightly. And then mm. that's where, you know, people act, uh, not act out of term exactly, but because there's no real self-expression in, in, in normal life. So it, feel, it feels a bit like you need to get inebriated to really just loosen up and, and, and be you and enjoy the moment and everything. Mm-hmm. But, no, that's yeah, a that's, very good. Point. That's a very, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. You know, they use that as a, as a way to like cope in a sense. Yeah, I find that. Yeah, I do find that kind of stuff interesting. No, it's just, yeah. very cool. Very cool. That's a very good point you brought up. Well, that's a very good point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why I've started skating. Do you know, that's something I've always wanted to do as a kid. I had mm-hmm. many friends who would who would skate, do tricks, just be so brave with it. Do you know? I just hate falling. I hate it. I don't like. I've never broken a bone in my body. I hate it. We've talked, have about, I. We've talked I'm about this in the first about episode. It. Yeah, I'm terrified. Terrified about. It. But that's why I wanted to start skating because, do you know, I, it's just something that it just feels like I've been missing out on. So I've been starting to do that myself. Good man. See, I'm thinking about it? trying to go to the park again and practice my flips, and really pick up some new tricks. But I'm not going to lie, I'm worried about falling and, yeah, possibly hurting something. Because if I end up going to the hospital now, you know, during this pandemic, I might come out with corona. So, mm, <laughs> yeah. Now's not the best time to go to hospital. Maybe you could also, like, invest in some, like, you know, mats. Because mm-hmm. I see a lot of people who do, like, I saw some videos of people doing, like, outdoor bouldering. Uh, you know, they find the creases in okay, the rocks and yeah. stuff, and they'll have some people who have the mats. And say, like, even if you got someone to, like, your brother come with you, for example, they have, they have, a, just for example, bouldering, they go up, and if they fall, they'll have someone there just ready to, like, kind of catch them, or not even catch them, but push them correctly onto the mat, so they don't yeah. fall too far back beyond the mat. So mm-hmm. even, like, stuff like that, you could use that for uh, outdoor surfaces if you want to practice your, practice your flips. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's actually not a bad show. Get a little mat, mat or something. Mm. Yeah, it's not bad. But also, one thing though, I need to find a, a place that's quieter in my in in the little park because now nowadays when the sun's out, it's quite busy down there. And everyone's like, a runner. Everyone runs now. Yeah, now everyone's running. Everyone's just even just chilling in the park. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I like secluded spaces when I when I practice my flips, or else people are there like, oh, can you do that again? Whoa! And then you know you get everyone watching, and I'm like, nah, I'm just oh my I'm just god. Practicing. Let me let me let me do my thing. Dude, <laughs> you know, dude, 
As soon as, I get, my skateboard, no. as, soon as I get my skateboard out, I'm, I, I'm just practicing pushing right now. I don't know how to push properly if I looking like a clown right now. But mm. some people that always come up to me, bro, do some tricks, right? Do some tricks. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so oh, it's a longboard, man. Sorry, I can't do anything on it. Sorry, it's a longboard. <laughs> Good excuse. <laughs> good excuse, yeah. Good excuse, but I really am just terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, should we move on to the uh, the homework that we did? Yes, which one should this? I have first? Let's talk about the homework. Well, okay, so you kind of, you didn't necessarily give me homework, but you stated about Queen and Slim, and, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. and I ended up watching that. I ended up loving it so much more than I thought I would, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. sick, isn't it? It's, it's, it's very it's good. It's very oh, good. my days. Yeah. Very good. Daniel Kaluuya, of course. My uh, G. Big up. Big up, Daniel Kaluuya. But it was really good. I really, I think, we've talked about this before, but I think one of the things that I thought, okay, when I was watching it, it kind of just felt like a love story based around the fact of this, you know, racial injustice of the, uh, also, Obviously, spoilers. Yeah, I was don't, about don't to say the same thing. Don't have to Spoilers point alert, out. guys. Spoilers alert. But um, the racial injustice of this uh, this cop uh, pulling this guy over, uh, who played by Daniel Kaluuya, and this other... Um, I don't even know. What was their characters? Was their characters' names Queen and Slim? I don't think I actually mentioned their names. No, it doesn't say their characters' names I th- until, until right at the end. Yeah. Cause I remember the whole play, the whole like film. I was like, "What are their names?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was but like, "Okay." To be fair, I did was, miss I the first say. five minutes of the of the, yeah. of the film. Maybe they did mention it. They did mention it, but basically, it's you know, it's these two. To, to summarize the film, these uh, uh, two individuals meet uh, met on Tinder. They go out for a meal, and they get pulled over by a cop. Uh, because they were swerving a little bit, I think, like they were joking around in the car or whatever. Uh, and the cop pulls them over, and the white cop like asks him to like see his ID and everything like that. And he like says, "Oh, have you been like drinking and stuff?" Because like, oh, I don't drink. Because uh, he was like heavily. I think it was like, quite heavily Christian, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. yeah, was quite heavily Christian, so he didn't really have any dirt on him. And he asked him to check the the boot, and he's like, "Why?" Because the other girl, the, the the girl who again we don't know her name, uh, she was meant to be. She said that she was a uh, a lawyer. A lawyer, yeah. Yeah, she was a lawyer, so she knew all the rules. She was like, "Do you have a warrant for checking his trunk?" So no, it's fine. Check it out. And he was looking through all the shoes. Uh, it's like threatening in these boxes, the shoe boxes. He was like, "Shoes." He was looking through them. And he was like really thoroughly looking through everything. There was nothing on him. Then you know, girl comes out, starting the dispute. She gets shot, and then he ends up shoot. Then uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Daniel Kaluuya ends up shooting the white cop. Then this whole thing starts over, and then they're trying to like escape the country and everything like that. Uh, and uh, all these people, all, everything seems to fall in their lap. Everything like when it comes to like if they're like in a situation that doesn't seem right, it's always like the the African American community who's helping them. Mm-hmm. It always seems to work, but it felt like. When when they're getting through everything quite easily, it just felt like it was a a story based around these two rather than a story of racial injustice. And I was kind of like, oh well. But then at the end, they die, and they become this kind of figure in the in the community for 
for African-Americans of people who have been shot due to racial, racial injustice. And I really like that fact because it totally flipped on, on its head to where it was going. Mm-hmm. It also um, kind of are like the, the feud as, as like revolutionary, even on the way through Black Bonnie and Clyde, as they say. Yeah. So they yeah. start the whole movement as well. Like everyone's protesting for them. Mm-hmm. The way through, you can see it all being in the news and how the black community are kind of supporting them. But then at the end, oh man, that hurt. The, the end, everyone knows spoilers alert. So, um, yeah, at the end of right, the way, where, <laughs> yeah, end it. <laughs> fuck it. So, that, that, um, the guy who turns him in, the black dude that turns him in, who lives in a caravan. Yeah, yeah, you, that, you only know all this out because he's counting the money at the end. Yeah. yeah. I remember I, like, I trusted the dude. I was like, yeah, man, he's going to take them all out and they're going to get away from here. And took him straight to the police. That was painful. But it does, it does show, like, I guess it shows different sides of the community, the sides that are trying to lift us up and the sides that are just not, I guess, fighting for themselves. Just one, mm. just want as much money as possible. So, yeah, it kind of, it, it, yeah, it was very, very interesting, I thought. But man, that part right at the end after um, they've been shot, the credits. Well, you know they're showing the funeral and the credits are going by at the end. Me and my parents were just silent, like whoa, can't believe we just like witnessed that. It was so, it was so, so raw. Like it was, it was when the moment it came was unexpected. I expected them to get shot, but the moment it came was unexpected because they were talking there. And it was in the middle of such a beautiful moment. She looks at him like, can I be your legacy? And he looks back at her and like, you already are. Bang! She's shot. Whoa. My chest, everything. I was, I was, I was lost for words. Yeah. When that happened, he picks her up and he gets shot as well. And it was just all like, they were unarmed, just standing there. And there was a whole line of police and, it just because it does happen so much, especially in America, where that kind of stuff happens. You know, like there, were, there was all of you, like ten of them, about more than ten, even a helicopter actually, and they're just two people, and you still shot them unarmed. Man, yeah. just blows me away, kind of, you know. But of course, but of course, it's also important to mention, you know, uh, they they were like obviously but they were ordered fugitives, yeah. And not even that, they were ordered to like, you know, put their hands up and lie down on the ground, but they just stood there holding hands. So, but even but even then, it was just one woman who shot, and then the guy was like, "What the fuck are you doing? I didn't yeah, take you off." Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it still wasn't reason enough to shoot. That's what was one thing no, I think. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Was trying to make the point of as well, yeah. but yeah, I think she did it by accident because that does also happen quite a bit. You see a lot of these shootings. I, I've come across quite a few on online. Like, I was going to say, excuse me. Such. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, South London is rough as hell. Oh yeah, bro, tell me about it. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, like without even looking, they just come up on like different feeds of social media, and yeah, so sometimes the rogue cop just, and then that's it. Yeah, but uh, I mean, sometimes people stay really powerful in those situations, you know, and it is. You know, it it obviously brings to light everything we're talking about, and I feel like stories like these shouldn't be stopped being told until the issue gets solved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's really important. It's really beautiful. It's a really beautiful story. I did also like how they they did this really interesting thing in terms of editing. They did this really interesting thing where they had when they're getting their car fixed by that one dude, 
uh, and then the kid junior comes along and he goes for a walk with uh, let's just call them what, what they are Queen and Slim right goes for a walk with Queen and Slim and he's like oh you know you guys are doing something for the movement there's a protest tomorrow you guys should come check it out it's for you guys he's like oh that's cool kid Th- thanks and I hope it goes well do you know and it's kind of like this moment where Queen and Slim are in their car and they're having they're having sex and the kid is at the protest and there's this like line of like of like cops like trying to hold everyone back and it's just this moment where this kid ends up shooting one of the cops and when he pulls the trigger and he kills someone they end up like climaxing and I thought that was almost quite like beautiful in that sense you know it was quite beautiful uh, how mm-hmm. that kind of uh, went together and you made a really great point when we were talking about this before it's like life and death you know, mm-hmm. kills the Korean person. life, taking a life. Death. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Quite yeah. interesting. I, I thought that was wise. Because they had it like side by side. It was chopping and changing between the two. And it was both stop. building up, building, building, building until bah! And then, you know, climax as well. I'm not going to make yeah, it all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We all know what it is. Yeah. You know, it's recording, so maybe not. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, no, I thought that that, that, that scene. Good Thanks for that. Good shout. Yeah. Good shout of film. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm keeping an eye out for more. I recommend to you, man. Yeah. But yeah, that one, that one, that one has been my highlight of the of the year so far. Yeah. I think that was just a great film. I'll keep an eye out for the other film you're talking about, uh, Guava Island. Because I didn't end up watching. Guava Island. Yeah, that one's decent as well. Um, I I won't put it in the same kind of category as as Queen and Slim, but I think that one's quite nice too. It was Charles Gambino, which I I look so much like him. Let's talk thought, about that. Let's talk about that really quickly, the Childish Gambino thing. But I think it's a really interesting subject to get on for people's kind of like X factor in their sense, like what makes them them. So uh, just want to touch on that a little bit for yourself. Okay, go for it. So I'm no, I, meant, I, meant, yeah, I meant for you. I meant for you. If you, if you want to do it, I think you can do yourself more justice in that. Talk about uh, what exactly, sorry? So, for instance, you said, you said to me, that uh, you've said so many times that people think that 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 they think that you look like the British version of Childish Gambino, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, whatever. But then once you actually saw that film, you're like, holy shit, I am him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Cause gosh, like I've I've always I've kept up with um Donald Glover for years now since about when his song Heartbeat came out as Childish Gambino, which I think was like 2013, 2014. I think it was before I left Canterbury. And I've been following him for, yeah, in fact, no, maybe 2012, a long time anyway. But yeah, he's been doing good things. And I've just watched Community as well on TV. And I've never seen, like, the resemblance between us two. I thought it was just the hair and maybe the goatee. And and Atlanta, brilliant show. Brilliant show. Have you watched it before? Atlanta's mm-hmm, fucking mm-hmm. amazing. But then, yeah, Guava Island, there was, he was, um, it was on. And I, was, I was watching it and, and there was a certain song. That he was singing, where he was making all these big exaggerated faces and all those kind of things, and then boom, he did like a face, and I was like, "Whoa, that's me!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, it like morphed, yeah. Yeah, just like boom, like I've seen myself do that face in the mirror, and I look exactly like that. And then from there, I couldn't stop seeing it. I was like, "This is me on TV. What, what, what the hell is going on?" <laughs> like singing to Rihanna as well, which you know, be a dream come true. Not gonna lie, <laughs> <laughs> but. It was all just so weird, you know, because he, he, he is like, in, in that moment, he was my doppelganger. It was, I couldn't believe 
That's what it but, is. Donald Glover looks like Andrew Gachigi. That's what it is. Uh, it's all the way around. Takes away from me now. Hey. Yeah. You know, I, I can I can play his, his little brother in Atlanta. You know, with some next that's month, it, next that's film it. or something. God. But I think I, I think that's important though. Do you know, like you know, you can hit it from that angle. But as I said, you know, it's also important to see what you can. As I said, we've already had this conversation. You know, what you're bringing to the table because obviously you have, you know, you're very you're very multi talented and you have a lot to bring to the table. So right. I just want you to remember that. I want you to remember that before, like you know. That we we we've all we've got our we've got our Donald Glover and obviously that's the side you want to hit it from and I think that's awesome but just don't forget who Andrew Gachigi is. Oh know? yeah, see Donald those Glover. Will that's, try and that's change the way you. in the door. Yeah, <laughs> and then from there Andrew Gachigi gone blossom. Exactly. But I tell you what a person to to what a person to look like though because Donald Glover he he's he's an amazing human being I think. Mm-hmm. From his music, I, I, I've, I've yeah, listened to his music for years. I love his song Redbone, and this is America. That like two years ago, that was just groundbreaking. Is that two years ago? Fuck me, two yeah. years. Or, or, or a year ago? Uh, no, I'd say I think I think it was two years ago. But yeah, that was groundbreaking, and then also like Atlanta as well. He's, oh man, it's so amazing. It just hits out of the park every time, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, and like all the actors on there, everything is just beautiful on there. Yes, he does. Like he, he is a really gifted human being with a with a, a, a really gifted and creative human being. So I really appreciate him yeah. and all his work. Well, I appreciate you. Just want to say that. Hey, I, appreciate I appreciate you too, you. brother. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, the re- well, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because I wanted to go on to our next subject because one of the difficulties of one of the tasks that I gave you was to look up an art house film. One of those films was a uh, Neon Demon. We didn't end up doing that because I didn't think you'd particularly like it. So we tried a f- couple of other films. We tried Anime. We tried... Um, the Lobster. The Lobster. Uh, all these services. I mean, because you have Amazon Prime, but you had still have to pay for it. So we said we'd try and figure out a few other things. But then in the process, we found out that you've already seen a couple of art house films, actually. Mm-hmm. One being... Uh... Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Thank there you. you. Are. Sorry <laughs> With to bother Lakeith you. Stanfield, another guy. Yeah. Oh my God. Lakeith, also, also, also in Atlanta. Also yeah. In Atlanta. Also in Atlanta and Get Out as well. This man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. And he's he's very special. I think he's also yeah very special. He but is a very does. beautiful human being. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the way that he is just very eccentric. But yes, um, what? Of course. Nice. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, experience with the art house film, what you experienced, because you saw that, and I also told you to check out a couple of other films. The only film we could see that was available was Cam. So why don't you just explore like the nuances of what art house is for you, of what you experienced from it? See, when Sorry to Bother You, I can definitely see that one was art house. Because that one, they explored, yeah, like, like it was... It was... Yeah, it wasn't your average film. It was very different, very creative, different thing. Like, even when the point where um, Cassius Clay, which I wonder if it's, um, if they made it close to Cassius Clay, like Muhammad Ali, or even Cassius Clay, Cassius Clay, very close. So I wonder what the link there must be, because you wouldn't choose that by accident. <laughs> but um, yeah, where was I? Um, yeah, sorry to bother you. Like, even when he's on the phone, how he gets teleported to different rooms, everything. The whole kind of even the voice is very, yeah, very art house, very very creative. They, I, well, I'm not even sure what the words are. What am I even reaching for here? 
yeah, they use certain sounds and like visuals to uh, emphasize uh, the what they're trying to say about the film yeah. and what they're trying to project. Uh, obviously, it was like different things about like um, what you call code it? switching, code switching, and uh, you know race and uh, oh, what's the other word? Uh, um, Alright, man, I haven't got my words today either. Yeah, don't worry, I'm searching for it. Don't you worry. Uh, classes, different classes. Do you know it was, mm. it was very much about that. Um, and then. So you didn't. So you're saying you didn't really experience the kind of like art house in in the film cam. Did you happen to actually finish? Did you finish the film? Yeah, I watched it all the way through. And yeah, I didn't. It, it didn't feel as um as art house as as as, as like as sorry to bother you if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, because that Do one. You know, it, sorry, what so, you say? So sorry. So let's uh. Let's talk about uh, the the camp thing. So you know the end when she's uh, when she's like kind of like has that live stream with herself, mm-hmm. the game of like chicken. So yeah. what did you take from that? Like, were you quite confused at that, or did that like kind of like what 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 made sense to you in that? Yeah, all right, cool. That bit that bit did confuse me a bit as well because I was I, I really wanted to find out um how this this. Uh, this clone was running like how it was because it may maybe through deep fake maybe yeah because the way it kept updating itself as well every time when she started bleeding and everything so you could tell it wasn't real but i was, I was wondering whether it's an actual person there or or it's just completely digital you know or, you know see when it comes sorry so sorry to interrupt you uh yeah uh, every time, every time I watch like kind of these films, you know, I'm not the smartest of individuals, so sometimes I'll just watch like a YouTube explained kind of version of it, you know, <laughs> like especially if it's something like uh, "Sorry to Bother You," where I'm not very political in that sense, so I had to explain the nuances of what they were actually trying to get towards. Yeah. Um. With 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 uh with certain films like that, like Cam, I was like, okay, I can kind of understand what they're trying to do here but i feel like there's something missing here yeah and there was actually like in the sense of what they're trying to explain uh, a lot of uh, the symbolisms and what they tried to uh, convey didn't actually have roots to them it just okay. became some sort of like weird thing to deal with um and i probably confused you in that sense by giving you that film but again it was the only film i could think of at the time <laughs> but i feel it is a good example for me at least when it uses certain things like um that like the clone figure it does give you a good example of like okay this is how far art house can kind of go and like even like that i mean to just to throw off other examples like donnie darko even jake gyllenhaal in a later in a later interview says i have no idea what the film's about what? <laughs> like, I don't know what it's about. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I don't know what it's about. But that's I it. interesting. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah. But you know, I, that's actually a really hard thing to admit as an actor. Come to think of it, it's a really hard thing to admit. If I you're think on a show, when they were, yeah, because Seth Rogen was in it as well. He played what he played the bully as well. And then him and Seth just had a conversation like, "We oh, really don't know what this is about." Yeah, yeah, me neither, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But it's interesting, though, it's interesting, uh, because I think one of the issues with you trying to find that film is a good idea that most people, when they try and come into the industry, they do a lot of weird things, like they do a lot of art house just to get themselves a bit more recognised, because it is a certain genre that typically applies to people who do independent films. So maybe that's why you couldn't find it on these bigger platforms like Netflix and 
Amazon without paying for it. Yeah, maybe. You know what? And also, I'm not gonna lie, the writing in art house is is, is really quite nice as well. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoy the writing in art house films. Well, the art house films that I've watched. And what do you right... mean? What do you mean exactly, sir? Do you want to delve a bit deeper? Just in general, because I don't know, like with, with certain films, certain like big budget films, I, mm, I just find it harder to connect with the, with the writing as such. I find it just sometimes feels a bit distant from the way that we speak sometimes. Mm. Like, in fact, you know what? There was a, a, a show that I watched. I caught like an episode of a show called called Looking. It was it's on Sky. And I tell you, the, the the dialogue in that was unbelievable. It it seemed improvised, but just so crisp and so nice. Like I I actually I I really want to find out how it was done actually as well, mm. because we're writing we're writing is just that beautiful, where it just pops like even the way they were they were they were acting with each other, interrupting, jumping in little bits, just bits that you think weren't, weren't written down, just little improv parts. I'm not too sure, but like. I was talking about art house here. I'm going on a complete different. No, time. it's good. No, no, it's like that. Actually, <laughs> yeah. it was quite. You're flowing with that. <laughs> like when, yeah, when writing's just smooth and so fluid and just that kind of. I love it, and I feel, yeah, some some big budget films. I feel it's just, it's lacking something. Lacking, yeah, lacking. It's almost become like a little bit too cliche in what their subject matters are. Is yeah. that is that kind of what? what um... Yeah, a little bit. It comes a bit too too cliche, and and and. I was like certain scenes. I'm a bit like, man, it's missing something. Unpredictable as well. Like I watched a film with my brother recently, and <laughs> I was a I was a bad uh, film watcher. I'm not even gonna lie. I was watching like, okay, so that person's gonna die. Somewhere he's gonna die. <laughs> gonna come so close to dying, it's unreal. You watch, but they will survive. This is about to happen next, you know. And I was predicting it all correctly because it was just so damn predictable. Mm. It was mad. This is a horror film. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's like they're so predictable. Like sometimes they're even just for the fun when it comes to horror films. <laughs> I find it really hard actually to find a horror film that kind of like really hooks me. Yeah. And to be honest with you, the only films that I find that I really enjoy that are horror films are art house films. And I know that's so weird. Like, I, did you ever hear of the film um, uh, Midsommar? Midsommar. So it's like a kind of festival where these friends go to Sweden and then it ends up being like a weird like cult ritual thing. Is it on Netflix? No, it was in the cinema not too long ago. I'd say about a year ago. But the person... I came across it. But the, person who, but the person who did that, they did a film before that called uh, Hereditary. And I think it was voted like the scariest film in 2018, 19? Nice. Something like that. It was very... It was very art house in, in the sense that it was made and also really pompous every time I say that, but it did it did come off as that and that's why I really enjoyed it. And the subject matter was that you are again trying to figure it out as it goes along. And it was really uh it, like I don't I like, like that. See, I like that keeps yeah. you guessing. It did keep me guessing, so I think uh, if I was to suggest a horror film that maybe you wouldn't be like, he's gonna die, they're gonna die, they're gonna die. <laughs> that that'll probably do you, to be honest. Like you might I think that will be a good one for you because that that is also voted a really good film as well, and I'm this pretty sure you should be. My brother going to watch that because we like to watch horror films together. Yeah. <laughs> so we're back after some technical difficulties. And... That's what happens when you work remotely. But hey, we hey, adapt. We adapt. We adapt. As now the world, got... our industries are adapting, we adapt too. We adapt. That's what we are. 
That's what we are, peacocks. Anyway, we'll move on to our review of Red Velvet by, I'm going to try the name, Lolita Shakarabati. Sorry if I butchered that. Gave a good attempt. But, yeah. And with your boy, Adrian Lester, on the front cover, who My is... Gee, another, another great performer. Yes, who, at least at this point, is um, uh, married to Lolita. Yeah, the playwright. Uh, yeah, the playwright. So, yeah. Um, this book... Uh, shall I try and... Do you know what? I think it would be a great... I would have loved to have seen this on, on stage. No, absolutely. Do you know? Absolutely. I think this book is phenomenal. Like, I'd love to to direct it, to direct a performance of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you saying. Yeah, I think it yeah. looks like a great, a great uh, book. But yeah. Well, it's very interesting because I've never heard about um, Ira Alderman at all. Al- uh, no, is it? It's not Alderman, sorry. It's uh, Ira Aldridge. Alderbridge. Alderbridge. Ald, yeah, Aldridge. Aldridge, we're we're yeah. we we're half and half. We got we <laughs> yeah. But uh, the first the first scene starts off in like uh, Poland, eighteen sixty seven, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, Ira when he's a bit older. I Ira about when he's 60. a bit older. He's yeah, a bit he's a bit sixty, and um, so he's he's like if not the first, one of the first. Uh, uh, Africans to play Othello in this like period of the play, in this like the 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 period that is set, uh, and excuse me, <laughs> sorry, can you still hear that? Nah. Good, because I can really hear it. <laughs> but it's like one of the periods where he's uh, set as one of the first black males to play Othello, and. It's quite interesting in the first scene he's obviously a bit older but everyone around him really respects him in that sense he has a lot of command which is so yeah yeah and i'll say like a black man in in uh, what what date was it again 18 yeah i'll get the date up for you right now so we can check that 1867 so i know he has the one in 1833 but 1867 and the man black man to walk with so much command and like with everyone like oh it's actually yeah quite quite amazing to read i thought in yeah. that time and then you have like i think i'm just gonna go through the book yeah so it's basically about this uh person called helena who's a uh, polish and she's trying to interview him uh for her own reasons but they have an, they have like quite interesting ways of like how she uses language uh and stuff like that like i thought maybe they wouldn't use like they'd switch from german to english and i thought maybe they'd just keep it in english but no, actually, they need someone who uses English to do that. They need someone who actually speaks uh, German to to perform that because yeah. <laughs> there's contradictions within the words, you know, because sometimes when they do plays, they'll just keep it in one language. Uh, but no, it's quite interesting, actually. It's quite interesting. And then it moves on to different scenes where Ira is uh, a bit younger, as you said. I think you said 1830s? Uh, 20, uh, 1833, I believe. 1833. Well, yeah. Yeah. And he's such an interesting character where... He goes he goes into the play and there's a lot of like uproar outside because I think a new laws are changing uh, and that is to do with slaves I believe it doesn't necessarily say what law it is but mm-hmm. it kind of hints towards yeah, the big that. protest yeah yeah big big protest outside the theater um and uh, he comes in as the new person who's going to take over playing Othello in the play when it was meant to be one of the 
uh, one of the performer's fathers is yeah. quite in high regard. Uh, so there's a lot of like um, uncomfortableness around that, and not and all that as well as the fact that he is black. It's like okay, well, no one it's actually interesting told how no one really yeah. as well before, and then he came on stage. Well, he comes into the room and everyone's like, "Whoa, he's black." Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like when he said, "Oh yeah, he outperformed the rest of the slaves." I was like, "Oh well, there you go then." Like everyone knows, but everyone was still like, "Whoa, okay." But then again, in that day, a lot of um, white performers played black roles by blacking up, or in fact, I think this was around or maybe before, no, around the time of minstrels, I think. No, right? absolutely, quite, absolutely, quite yeah. So yeah, yeah. like yeah, it was just it was quite a shock to see black people on stage usually and, mm-hmm. and, and as a title role like Othello unheard yeah. yeah and even oh and the way that he comes into the scene and he has to kind of he's saying oh we should just run the scenes and he's working with Ellen who's playing um Desdemona mm-hmm. and he's trying to uh give some advice to her back and forth and I'm just like oh I just he still has that like obviously when he's 60 he has that very high command but he's still like trying to be nice he's like okay maybe we should like try it from this angle we should try it from that angle and then the person's uh father who the person's so charles is the person's father who his father was playing othello then we start doing the scene Oh, uh, you're like a radio presenter. Sorry, I, I keep that. doing every time I'm always there like what? Um, <laughs> but Basically, yeah, uh, yeah. Charles comes. Charles. In, Charles comes in the scene and he and he says, uh, well, I think one of my favorite lines was he says to Charles, "Oh, we should try it from like a different angle." And it goes, "Oh no, but we've been doing it this way forever, and it seems to work." And he goes like, "I think he said this is going to be a catastrophe uh, when you come onto the stage." And he goes, "Only with that type of acting, it will be." Yeah, that part, uh, that 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 back and forth was actually brilliant. That was it great. really was, it was such yeah. a that was. <laughs> honestly, if I can find it, because the way it's done, I thought was was really nice. Because Ira, he's really like, he's properly standing up for himself in 1833 as a black man in England who's born in America. I just find so interesting. It's it's, it's yeah, it's it, it's. It's just a kind of like you, we have. I haven't seen anything like that. I haven't read anything like that before. No, absolutely. Like, he plays like that, so it's interesting. And even the the son of the person that was playing Othello is giving him some pushback. And uh, was his father? Was the person that played Othello? Was he? Did he have some sort of stake in the theater as well? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I can't remember now. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, even though he came in, button heads of people, but he's he knows what he wants. He's very direct. And it was yeah, it was it's just a beautiful, beautiful read. And he 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 don't take shit. He doesn't take shit. No, it's really impressive. And I think what he almost uh, I feel what's really interesting about Ira is he uses. I almost feel like he uses acting as a way to deal with his issues in that sense. Um, I don't know if I'm right in saying that, but when he comes up on the stage, he is Pierre, who's the manager and also a close friend to Ira, says to him, "You have to tone it down a bit. You have to take it back because yeah, the people right. won't." Yeah, the audience aren't ready for a black man to be up there roaring and screaming and being the powerful person that Othello is. And he goes, well, that's part of the play. I can't change that, which is, you know, a really interesting topic. Like, should he resist himself for um, the greater good of the theatre or the greater good of the cast? The cast can't technically keep up or whatever in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, 
but Ellen was a really interesting character too, of the sense of uh, how she, like almost like he was being so rough and like in the scene that like oh like she's bruised up and everything, which I particularly don't feel like she may have been. I maybe feel like she like I mean I don't know how you feel, but I feel like that was maybe like a up to interpretation if she was actually like thrown around and beaten. I don't think she was not at all. I I think it was I think it was just. Just the way it should be done, acted well, but because everyone's seeing a a black person doing that to now a white person in that day and age in particular, black people were almost synonymous with animals. They're pretty much animals that can speak, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So them them seeing uh an, yeah like an aggressive black man holding a, a woman like that, even though it's acting and he's he I think he he did catch her a little bit or something. But that happens to me on the stage all the time, and I happen. Like, yeah, yeah, happens, yeah. But it's a bigger time. deal since he's black. The, yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're making it a bigger deal. Like he, he's losing control. He's, he's out. Yeah, he lost control. He's just, he's enraged. And and they, yeah, they said some sort of stuff in there. I remember that that really got me a bit heated. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, whoa, you know, you motherfuckers, these words. But yeah, but he he took those punches really well, though. He really knew well. what it was. Yeah, he took so much backlash in it. I really felt for the character the role. The the the. Because he took a lot of shit, and he's really just really trying to trying to get his way into the industry. Really trying to try, really trying to be like take on juicy roles. That's all he wants. Take on juicy roles and really do them to the best of his ability. But everyone's trying to keep yeah keep this kind of ceiling on him, keep his glass ceiling even, keep him yeah. keep him in his place, if you will. So that's why yeah ends up it's a catastrophe. It just goes wrong. I feel so bad for the guy. Yeah, and I mean. It's, it's interesting, uh, like the whole idea that he's, even when he gets older, you can see that he's taking the roles or he's playing Othello in different places that he doesn't particularly want to. Even when Helena brings up, do you miss London? He's like, no, no, I don't. But then he asks his, um, his uh, assistant, do you miss London? He says, oh, I miss it every day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, me too. And it's, you can tell that that even though it was a challenge for him, he loved being on that stage. Yeah. Yeah, and he felt like that's where he was meant to be, but now he just tours around uh, wherever in the world, you know, Poland. Europe, or, yeah. Yeah, Europe or whatnot, yeah. It's it was really very interesting. interesting. I, yeah. I really liked the way, because it, it took the... Yeah, it pretty much took the whole play to, to, to really zoom in on this one part of his life. This Well, in fact, the time frame of the meat of the play, if you will... I think because the first and the last scene are, are, are when he's 60. So everything else is in the time frame of like, what, two days? A, a, a day? Two days, two days. Yeah, he yeah, arrives, yeah, yeah, yeah. He performs that night. And then the next day when all the reviews came out and they butcher him, well, they, they slaughter the dude, then he won't. He doesn't go on again. The theater goes dark on that second day. But what I find really interesting is Pierre knew because he said all these papers are meant to be outside my room no one's allowed to read it and he did it for the protection of ira because he's because i think he knows more than anyone else that that is what's going to break him that's Mm -hmm. what's going to break him and all those reviews did for the rest of the cast was just held up that ideology that he isn't good enough to be on the stage with oh yeah for like the racist cast members in particular or the the stuck in their ways cast members in particular yeah reaffirmed that belief yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't be on here. Absolutely. But a black I found man it... playing Othello. How dare he? How dare he? How dare yeah, he? That's ridiculous. I mean. 
But what I found really interesting as well, just bringing it back to Ellen, is the idea that she was kind of like, oh, no, I'm fine. Do you know, I'm absolutely fine. And, it, and I think what really, the, there was a certain conversation between Ellen and Charles when they're having a, a little debate about, like, uh, how women shouldn't be on stage or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. a little, yeah, it was a little uh, sentiment of that. And she was like, what do you mean women shouldn't be on stage? She's like, oh, it's whatever. Let's not get into politics. And I think that's maybe why she has some, uh, she enjoys the company of Ira and she got relatively, uh, um, you know, like she opened up a little bit in that sense. And I think once, even when they spent the the evening after the play, just uh, hanging out, having some drinks, they said, oh, you slept with that woman or whatever. And all that, some of the accusations came up and you're like, can't even make friends anymore. Can't even make friends either. Yeah. So it was really hard. It was. Oh, 100%. But it's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting you bring that up about Ellen as well because they both kind of felt that being excluded, they yeah, both being excluded in their lives and just... up a thick skin and kind of like fight for it so yeah that's very interesting and um what did you say at the end again sorry yeah still the bit about the accusations a bit the, about the accusations so so I, I think pierre kind of mentioned a little bit like ah, i'm with it i'm with it sorry yeah yeah <laughs> yeah just simply something as harmless as you know that well them two just having a little uh, having a drink um at the end of the show just cast members connecting it and, and also cast members just trying to trying to trying to tighten the play up a little a little bit more because he came in that day and performed that night after the night before someone um the person playing Othello passed out so he's completely he's completely justified he's just tightening up a few th- bits here and there working on a few scenes but yeah it's just just the fact that someone saw her coming out of his dressing room immediately their mind goes to the gutter it's interesting that. yeah but I think also I think we can from in my mind I can completely rule that out as a fact that he would even do that because the the scene the same scene his wife is in the changing room with him yeah. and you can really see that they really do love each other and there's a lot of care and trust in that relation mm-hmm. in that relationship that the um, he really isn't able to um, come come out and come uh, you know honest about how he truly feels but only when his wife is there you know who is a white woman and I feel to to him even she would just be completely over the top and ridiculous at that point he's just a man trying to perform well and and love this craft but everyone's he feels like everyone's trying to bring him down but you know people like Pierre are actually trying to help him Mm -hmm. it's true yeah 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 because I guess everyone usually the world's against him, so finding people that are, are nice, I guess, is, is quite few and far between. Mm. So and so yeah, I guess he would have yeah built up some sort of thick skin and also just a mistrust for everyone. And then with Pierre at the end having to to fire him, I feel like that was the the one person he did really trust, and that stabbed him deep in the back yeah really felt for the dude but mm. it was a brilliant like i i still can't believe i've never heard of ira ira alderman and that's so yeah. interesting i'm looking forward to diving into him as a person because it's based on a real person um i did not know that so there we go i did not know that 
<laughs> it doesn't yeah, mention it. it. In the introduction and everything, it does. Okay, well, I didn't read that. Remember, I just said I jumped over the place, so... Yeah, yeah I went through the, every, the whole introduction, just the finding... At the beginning, finding uh, Ira Alderman. That bit there. Oh! Yeah. That, I, but I actually don't have that. You don't have that in your book? Yeah, we, we I don't know where it is. We've got the same book, but we don't have the same bits here. Yeah, I think yours is slightly before mine or something. Yeah, it's a bit weird. But yeah, no, I would I would have liked to have seen this. It's this one is it's, it's a great play, and I'm really looking forward to lo- um, looking into Lilita's work. Yeah, no, she's a really she's a really good writer, and I think one thing that we also is important to bring up that we saw was um, the language used isn't what I would replicate as something that would be used in that time, and it's mm-hmm. more modern, and that's like. That's a for me personally, it's much easier to read. Yeah, I really like that. Like, made it made it a bit of a bonus, so you, you, yeah. I can read through it a lot easier. Yeah, probably made it a bit clear as well for for the audience as well who who'd be watching it. Yeah, yeah. There, was no, there was no need to be there. Like, hold on, let me Google what that word means. Exactly. Oh, this is old timey mm-hmm. language. What's going on? But yeah, no, it was it was very yeah. The language is very modern, so I, I it made it so much easier, so much smoother to just read through and really get a sense of what's going on. So I really appreciate that as well. Very smooth, very smooth. And uh, one other person that I quite enjoyed, I think her name was Connie. That was the... Yeah, the Connie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when... Yeah, she had w- some interesting views as well, actually. God, there was a one little monologue there. Yeah, when she's having a conversation with Ira. But at the beginning, if you if you search through on scene two, I don't think it actually gives her an introduction, so you don't actually get to know. It just says that she's in the room. Yeah, Connie, uh, a Jamaican Connie. woman is a crisp uniform. Connie enters with a tea, yeah, tea yeah. tray. Yeah, it does. It doesn't say her. It doesn't say her age or whatnot. So it doesn't really give her much of a. Uh, uh, so, of course, yeah, it's not like a. It doesn't even say her age, but uh, at the, at the front like, of the character section, it says thirties. Dude, oh my god, where else is it? Is all this information? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it does. But yeah, no. You, for each character, just below it has, you know, oh yeah, it Betty twenties, White Harry twenties, Bernard fifties, thirties, yeah, yeah. But her, yeah. Uh, but she's really interesting. Yeah, I feel like she's also quite similar to Pierre. Pierre in that sense, where she's read the review and she doesn't want him to see it because she knows it's going to uh, affect his performance. And she mm-hmm. says, "Oh, nothing's good is going to come from reading that." Yeah, it's actually, that bit, that bit, I, um, that little scene where they're talking, actually, the whole about the newspaper. Can I have the newspaper? Can you leave him here for me? No, I've been told to take him back. I found that bit very interesting because I, I thought, yeah, one part of me was there, like maybe she's read it and doesn't want him to see. But also, I thought, like, if she doesn't obey orders, that's her job. I'd imagine, <laughs> you know, that's her job done. Mm-hmm. So if if she if she leaves the newspapers with him after expressly being told, take them back to my room now. I wonder, as well, like, being 1833, that could be her life, too, I guess. Yeah. So that that just little minor act of disobedience, I guess. Well, not even disobedience, just, you know, yeah, just trying to leave the newspapers for Ira, who's who's requested that. Could, you could, yeah, it could be your job or your life as well. So I think that was that, that bit of stakes was there for her. Like, if, if I disobey, I could easily be thrown onto the streets. Yeah, and into, yeah, no. into the protest and beaten to death. 
No, wait, the protest wasn't happening that day. The protest was the day before. Yeah. I bet. But they could have... But did it say it was continuing or it stopped? I mean, it could have been kept going. Yeah, it could have kept going, actually. It depends on your interpretation, because it didn't say it stopped. Not that I know. Yeah, yeah that's an interesting point that I, I, I kind of, like, passed by, actually. I didn't think of. Like, yeah, I mean... Because Iris saw it in the end, right? He saw it, so... Mm -hmm. Like, Pierre could have thought whatever he could have thought, like, oh, you know, they're in cahoots, you know, they're just because they're helping each other out, you know? Mm. So, like, anything could happen with that situation. But all in all, really good play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really good introduction to her work. Very good introduction to her work. Definitely, and I'm glad we actually read it after uh, yeah. God knows how many months. Gosh, months and months. Uh, I still have. I used, you know, wives. Because I have. This is what the show that we watched. Wives. Can I, can I, can I just say by the way, we happen to what we happen to be involved in a, or like read or watch a lot of plays that happen to be backstage about an actual other play. Yeah, that's a fair point. This one was as well. That's so interesting. Yeah, a doll's house or the adaptations of that and Othello yeah. and then backstage of that. To the actually really because I, I I like shows that that show um the side of the actor as well as an actor is one thing is they're like yeah this is dope you know especially when they get little th little little inside actor things that you no, no, most people don't know yeah so I love seeing that stuff so when we saw that in wife I was like yeah what wife singular mm. wife I thought it's sick but yeah that 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 was about because uh, it ended sixth of July so that's what nine months ago ten months ago. When we watched the play. A long ass yeah. time. We're using it as my bookmark as well, just to remember. <laughs> yeah, just remember. We have yeah. to get right to that. Because it's a good play. But yeah, bro, we should do this again sometime. Um, any other uh, plays or things that we should uh, check out? So, again, uh, just have anything else you want to cover before we do an outro? Do you know what? I actually don't think there is anything else to cover for me. Nah, I, don't, I ain't got nothing else to nothing else burning to say. Yeah. How about you? No, nothing else really. I'd just say that uh, it was a really interesting look on um, on Othello and how it would be for a black person at that time coming in for the first time ever and performing that and how it would be. Because uh, I never really thought about you know the ideology of um, them having to almost have to dial it back a little bit because I'm coming off almost like being seen as an animal to the rest mm. of the audience. Yeah, those were little things I'd never thought about myself either. So yeah, it does open your eyes. Like you could tell she's done her research and done a lot of like, yeah, just little, just little bits of, um, yeah, little nuanced parts that you wouldn't really, wouldn't really think about at all. Yes. I thought that was, that was, it was, yeah, really clever. She's done a lot of work on it. I think that's amazing. Sure, sure. Well, with that being said, uh, folks, if in there's fact, there is one thing oh. before we go. Oh, I remember because I remember researching this uh, ages ago, but I'm just searching up now so I can get the correct date. Um, so, do you know when the 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 first Othello at the national, behind the first, yeah, the first Othello at the National Theatre was played by a black person? Was the year that that, that was phrased awfully? No, no, I got, I got it. The first time, sense? yeah, it made sense, yeah. Let me see if I can get the year up. So the first year there was the a national. black person playing Othello at the National Theatre was, I know which actor it is, so I'm just searching through his things, but it's, 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 aha, gosh, was 
1997. Oh, I remember you telling me, and I was like, fucking what? 1997. Like, that's, just, that's just, you know, less than that's, 23 years ago. Dude, that's, dude, that's the day, I, that's like the year I was born. It is, within our lifetime. It's crazy. So that's the first time a black actor played Othello at the National Theatre, and that was um, David Harewood. Before, there's videos of uh, Laurence Olivier playing Othello. He blacked up. There's Anthony Hopkins playing Othello. He blacked up. Um, I know there was Patrick Stewart played Othello. But Patrick Stewart, man, I actually respect Patrick Stewart for this. So he was offered Othello, but he was like, nah, fuck it, let's flip it, right? So everyone else is black, and I'm, I'm white, Othello. So we re- re- reversed it kind of thing. So I was like, oh, <laughs> that's one way of like saying I'm not blacking up. He sees the 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 the, the, the kind of yeah. He sees it's wrong. It just it's not truthful to anything. The, the story. No. Re- no, yeah. So yeah, that's just one thing I wanted to add quickly because no, that's still some good insight. Your way. That's some good insight though. Still blows. 1997. We could talk about Othello all day, brother. I mean, I did, I I did like a, a dissertation. I wouldn't say this. I did a big, a big essay on it, a big uh, think piece on it for 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 school. I did the uh, what's that? It was a uh, the RSC Royal Shakespeare Company did it where Iago was black. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. He was Jama- He was Jamaican. The Iago and Othello were black, and it kind of took away that motive that Iago actually what well, hated him for his race because at one thing that never really rang true to me. And then I think, I don't think that was particularly their plan of doing that. But for me, that really helped ring that home that it wasn't really necessary that Iago, uh, uh, that Iago hates him because he's black. If anything, it pulls the motor even closer, like saying like, oh, this mirror can be uh, uh, all high and mighty. And then I'm just left to be his fucking right hand man or not even his right hand man. That's a, uh, that's a uh, Cassio. Cassio, sorry. <laughs> R- wrong Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking like measure for measure and the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, with that being said, uh, yeah. let's do a quick outro. Uh, thanks for watching, folks. If you have any other ideas of um, things we can review, uh, films we can talk about, or um, subjects you want to talk about that think uh, we we should cover in terms of acting or masculinity, please hit us up uh, on peacockpodcast1 at gmail.com that's in the show notes if you don't care to remember that mm-hmm. and we'll see <laughs> even you any like films or anything you want us to check out anything anything yeah, at all we're, we're music game. you want us to listen to hey. yeah yeah <laughs> thank you folks thank you for watching this episode and we'll uh, see you in the next one thank much you love. very much hold up before we go Oh, sugar. Oh, share the love. Just share the love in times like share this. The... Share the love. Thank you, everyone. Remember, look after yourself, folks, okay? Take care, Get stay safe, it. and stay indoors until lockdown's over, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.